Okay, so what had also been on my heart lately, you know, is that oftentimes I'm panicking when I know that God has it, you know, and I know that he has it covered, he has me covered, he has my family covered, and I don't have to worry about anything, but I'm still worried because of my family. So, I'm fighting all these different things and I'm putting myself on the line for things that seemingly don't matter or that possibly make the kingdom look bad. And I don't want to make the kingdom look bad, you know. I know that oftentimes I do when I'm backslid, backslid into sin. How can I be a representative of God and still smoke and still drink and still hang around certain, you know, environments that, of course, are, you know, hardly filled with holiness, but so filled with sin. But Jesus sat with sinners. And that doesn't mean drink with them. That doesn't mean smoke with them. You know, Jesus wasn't a pimp to the prostitutes, nor was he a, you know, tax collector. But he sat with tax collector, tax collectors and he sat with prostitutes. And this is not for me to be devil's advocate. But oftentimes when I, you know, analyze the Bible and different things that I've, I've, I've noticed in it about tax collectors i wonder like why were tax to that tax collectors seen as such sinners the reason why was because tax collectors were known to take more off of you know the taxes charge more than what actually was the taxes in order for them to fund their own lifestyles and pleasures we saw that with bartimaeus bartimaeus he would always charge people double or triple in order to live this lavish lifestyle. He had a big home, lots of wine, and, you know, he feasted every night. And that's why tax collectors were seen as such sinners, because he would live off the backs of the poor people that already couldn't afford the taxes that, you know, were going up possibly every week. And Jesus sat with them, and these so-called you know, men of God, they questioned Jesus's, you know, motives behind sitting with these people. And Jesus knew that you had to risk, you know, the 99 for that one, because it's not the healthy that need a, a physician, but the sick. Now, I'm not by any means calling myself healthy. I'm sick. I know that I'm sick. There are so many people around me who are sick, too. And that's why God can use me. He can use me because while he's healing me, it'll be an example. It'll be in testimony to how he can heal others. It'll lead people into believing and trusting God enough to come to him so that they can be healed and they can feast because we are starving without him. We are nothing without him. We are lost without him, misguided without him. My heart hurts because... I know I could be doing so much better and I'm not. Oftentimes I believe that I'm doing such justice because I will, you know, sacrifice so many other things 
in this walk with God. And if I go on down the list, I've sacrificed so much. I'm still sacrificing so much, but it's not about what you what you have sacrificed, but what you won't. It's about what you won't give up. It's not about what you have given up. Even if you've given up everything that you have for God. If you still won't give up these things that God is calling you to give up, none of it matters. None of it will matter. There are people who have dedicated their entire lives to God, but because they wouldn't give up certain things that God called them out of, they still went to hell. I don't want to be one of those people. Because something that also plagues my heart a lot of times is that the pastors, the people of God, the people who have tortured these demons and tortured Satan and charged Satan for other people's souls who have made it in, they have possibly gone to hell because of their sin or because of coming out of the lifestyle that God led them into when they were enticed into these very pleasures that they preached against for being hypocrites. And when they got to hell, the same demons that they tortured for whatever amount of time, possibly 20, 30 years of their you know, preaching and ministering to the community. These demons had a celebration. They had a party because they said, you, you're here. You tortured me for so long. I'm going to have fun with you. I don't want to be that person that when they find out that I've been sent to hell, they're already waiting for me at the gate of hell to torture me for however long for the rest of eternity because of how much I've tortured them in my small short time here on earth. So you have to stick to it. You cannot The Bible says and I and I may not quote it that verbatim but he who who plows cannot turn away. You cannot you know, he who plows cannot turn away. He is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. And he said this to a man who said, Jesus, I will walk with you. I will take this walk with you. I want to be your disciple. But please just let me go back and bury my father. And you would say, isn't that reasonable? Isn't it reasonable for Jesus, you know, who's so understanding and loving and caring and considerate? And, you know, who is his whole entire message is forgiveness and understanding. Isn't that understandable for him to be patient with someone who wants to go back and bury their father, their father? But this is a testament to how Jesus, although he was understanding and forgiving, he was he was non he did not tolerate sin he did not tolerate anything no one walked over jesus judas who sat with him and stole all his money back he was not getting away with anyway anything he wasn't walking he wasn't walking over jesus he was fulfilling the prophecy in jesus life as he should as we will do even when we are not doing what we are called to do if you walk if you take a walk with God and you impact so many different people and even make waves in this world and do so much in your lifetime, but you are not who you are called to be 100% to God, you are not, you turn away from certain things, you believe that they do not matter, you will still have fulfilled your work and your destiny in God and you can still go to hell. Jesus was non-tolerant. He did not tolerate these things. 
He was not walked over. So oftentimes I'm trying to master that. I'm trying to be as Christ-like as possible when I'm in these environments around these influences that that aren't necessarily holy. And I'm not everything I should be. I'm not Jesus. I'm not perfect. But, you know, separating, allowing people to sit, still sit and walk in sin, but also, you know, being forgiving and understanding and loving them no matter what. Knowing when to say when. Knowing when to check someone. When when to say, no, that's not okay. No, you cannot behave in that manner around me. No, I will not tolerate that sin. The Lord hates sin, but he loves you. So yes, you are accepted. Yes, you are loved. Yes, you have a place here, but your sin does not. And if you have it in your heart and in your mind, I will be this way forever. I will do this forever. And I don't have to change this part, but I still want to be associated with holiness. I still will do this. I will do that. I will go along with this or that. But I don't want to have to let go of these things. And I won't. You know, I won't even agree that that's something I have to let go of. I won't see the wrong in my actions. You know, I don't even want to be brought to a better understanding on that. That's when it's not tolerated. That cannot be tolerated. And I don't want to be a hypocrite because God has already shown me what's not tolerated in my life. And when I continue on in this way, I am being the exact individual that God would not have tolerated. I understand that. And I'm working hard towards it. I also understand that the Lord knows my heart. He knows what I want to do. He knows what where I want to be. And this is not an excuse, but it's also something I believe matters. If it were not for certain, you know, situations or for certain environments that different things that I'm fighting, I wouldn't be 100% walking in God's way right now. And this is something that I thought about on the walk to the store, even though the Lord told me, you know, stay home. You don't have to buy anything you already provided for. You have a home. You have food in your refrigerator. You are... You are provided for. You have clothes on your back. You don't need to go get anything, you know. And the Lord will call you to do this. And if you disobey him, you know, there are consequences. You will have to suffer. I've been avoiding my consequences as well, which I know that I will still have to answer to. And if I don't answer to them, then that just means I'm pretty much accepting. I'm headed for hell. So. These. These things are important to know. You know, a lot of people believe that when you are kind, when you are loving, when you are caring, when you are living in a Christ-like manner, that you are to be walked over and played with. That you are, you know, allowing things. That you are, you know, you don't stand up for yourself. You never stand up for yourself. You never speak up for yourself. And you are being treated like a casualty. And it will seem that way when you're not being everything that you should be in God. So I will have to take responsibility for that. Because if I was, you know, more Christ-like, people would never see it that way. They would never get that from my actions. They would never get that from my demeanor or the things that I am, you know, exemplifying when I'm being led. But that must mean that they're getting that. If they're getting that, that's on me. There's never a bad student, but only bad teachers. And that's something that I just got from a movie that I feel that God led me to. 
has been leading me to. God speaks through the entertainment that you watch or the things that you spend a lot of time in. He speaks through these things. He speaks through people you spend a lot of time around. He speaks through things that you pay a lot of attention into. So I'm seeing this and I'm knowing that I'm wrong. And so that means that I have to answer to that. That means that I'm wrong. And that doesn't mean, oh, you know, it's like it's done. It's, you have to answer to it. Okay, that's fine. You know, that's slap on the wrist. It's not a slap on the wrist. That means I have to answer to that. I have to answer to that. So now I know moving forward, I have to work hard still despite all of the consequences I may still face because of what I'm not doing. And there should be no mercy shown, but there will be mercy shown because God is merciful and gracious. But I don't deserve the mercy that will be shown when I have to face the consequences of what I'm not doing. So I would never preach it's okay to not do something that God has led you to do. Sometimes God actually do crazy things. Like God asked me to throw away all my devices, which possibly, not that it matters, possibly could have added up to almost $1,000. Throw them all away and walk outside. No shoes, no clothes, bare naked in the street. Walk away from everything with nothing on my back, no clothes on my back, nothing. And this is what the prophecy states that I will do. The prophecy states that prophecy of my future that I've seen, what happens is I walk away from everything with nothing, literally nothing, literally nothing. Like I even remember it being emphasized, like barely even clothes on your back. So I'm like, am I really going to walk outside naked? Like God said, sometimes he calls you to do crazy things and have crazy trust in him and crazy faith in him so that he can work things out for you you know it seems like it doesn't make sense because in this world if i were to walk outside with no clothes on i would be arrested for disorderly conduct but you know and i never want to allow i don't want to traumatize children with the with the sight of you know no clothes on but you know i had visions when i was a when I was younger, when I was in middle school, I used to have visions where I walked into school and I was walking through the school and I didn't have any clothes on. I just had on my shirt and my panties. And I was walking through my entire middle school while everybody watched me with just panties on. No shoes, no pants, no coat, just panties and a shirt. And I walked through and everybody just laughed at me and looked at I looked at me like I was crazy and they all pointed at me. And it was a nightmare. It was a complete nightmare. And I used to wonder why I kept having these dreams. Like I started to hear more about it, you know, through the internet as I got older, like people having dreams of showing up to school with no pants on or showing up to, you know, work with no pants on and everybody points and laughs at them. But it felt more spiritual. It felt deeper to me. It felt like, you know, I would that would actually happen to me. It felt like this would actually happen to me. And you know, the a lot of the different testimonies I heard about people having visions about this, they were businessmen. And I said to myself, like recently, I've said to myself, possibly they didn't heed God's call. 
they didn't come into God's call. And so they didn't actually have to walk outside with no panties on and be seen by the whole world pointing at them like they're crazy with just underwear on. But I may actually have to do that in order to walk into my destiny in God. And the prophecy states that I will. Like barely no clothes on. But I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to do that because I believe that if I do that, that means that I failed at something. It could have been done another way. And God tried to protect me and do everything that he could in order to see it done another way. And I am sabotaging that. I'm sabotaging that when I won't come out of sin. I'm sabotaging that when I won't be called into obedience with God. So. I oftentimes ask myself, now, why would God require that for me? Why would God require for me to walk outside with no pants on? You know, humiliating myself. Exposed to the world. It's a few things that run through my mind. One, complete trust in God. Complete trust that, you know, no matter what you look like or what you're wearing or what situation you're in, you're covered. Another thing is Adam and Eve didn't wear clothes until they were aware of their sin and after they had been in a forbidden fruit. Another may be the fact that, you know, God will, will call you to expose yourself and expose your sin that you have believed that you have hidden. You believe that you are covered and you are covered. You believe that these things you can hide and the, and the Lord will, will call you to, you know, to act out something that will be exactly the equivalent in your mind because you have to come out of a carnal mind. But it will be the equivalence to, you know, exposing your sin to the world. And, and seeing what it feels like to Jesus when he has to feel everything that it is that you are doing. God goes through everything you're going through. Everything that hurts you hurts him 10 times more. So when you're living in sin, God has to feel that. So when you, have to, when you would have to walk out into the world and be exposed for your naked body, be exposed and laughed at and humiliated, that's how God feels when you feel like your sin is covered and it isn't. When you feel like... No one sees what I'm doing. No one knows that I did that. No one knows that, you know, I am participating in these things. And so I'm okay. And so I'm safe. And you're not. And he wants you to understand on that level how unsafe that you are, how humiliating it really is. Because he knows and he sees everything in your heart. It's humiliating when you understand on the level of what God sees in you and what you're doing. And you think that it's hidden. You know, the perversion of the world, the different things that are going on, it makes you feel like you're unsafe. And why would God ever put you in a, you know, position like that that would make you unsafe? But when it comes down to it, it is the equivalent of how he feels when you are hiding your sin from him, but believing it is hidden when it's when it isn't. You are exposed to the world. You are exposed to God and it should matter just like when you're exposed to the world so maybe he'll call you to expose yourself to the world because you care about more what the world thinks than about what God thinks he sees you it should matter more to you what he sees than what the world sees so if he calls you to come outside in your underwear and everyone laugh at you and that feeling of I'm exposed everyone sees what I'm doing everybody sees who I am everybody sees 
all these insecurities inside of myself. They see my nakedness. That is exactly what God wants you to feel like when you are trying to do sin in secret and believe that you can hide anything from him. So that may be the hardest thing that I will have to go through. But if I have to, you know, it's, it's sad, it's heartbreaking, but I possibly will do that. And I won't think of it as, you know, I've prepared myself for this. You can't prepare yourself for something like that. When you have to leave your heart open and not allow it to be hardened. And you have to feel every stab in it. All the hurt, all the pain, all of the judgment of this world. That's how you should feel about God's judgment. That's how you should feel about how he feels about the things that you're doing. So I may have to go through that. It's amazing because in the beginning of this process... What happened was, before things got bad, before things got to where they are now, before things started to become so much worse than they, you know, than they were from in the beginning, I was called to do that. The Lord said, walk outside right now. Don't even put pants on. Just leave right outside right now, no shoes, and just go. With no, you know, directions of where you're going or anything, just like Abraham. And I said, I said to the Lord, how can I walk outside with no underwear on? Everyone will think I'm crazy. I will be arrested. I won't make it down the street, you know. And the Lord said, just do it. Just do it. And I was just, I was like, I can't leave my family. I can't leave my life. You know, at the very least, I could do that. I could, I could walk outside with no clothes on, you know, and I can get over that. But to leave everything, you know, and not fight for my family and not know why I'm leaving and why I've been called to do this and just do it and walk away from everything like that. Like, I want to know why I have to leave. I want to know the truth. I want to fight for my family. I want to fight for the people I love. I want to fight for what I believe in. And it worked out, actually, because, I mean, you can say it worked out. I feel that everything happens for a reason. And I didn't do it that way. And so possibly that could have saved me from all this heartbreak and all of this suffering and this process I've been going through. But the fact of the matter is, is that when it comes down to it, you know, my sister and my niece were saved in the process of this this situation. I know that staying was exactly what God intended for my life. That was part of my destiny. I found my purpose in my destiny. He broke strongholds off of my life. And even though I'm picking them back up, and that may, that's what makes it feel like it was redundant, like it didn't have to happen. Like all that I've gone through was for no reason because maybe I'm not going to walk in my purpose and my destiny. Maybe I'm not, you know, my sister won't even have changed. Maybe my niece still won't have a chance. Maybe, you know, maybe these things still won't work out how I want them to work out. Everything will have ended up the way it would have ended up if I just would have walked out with my underwear from the jump and it feels like I could have avoided all this hurt and pain in the process maybe so but I still do not regret a thing I still don't regret all that I've gone through I still don't regret everything that I've seen in the process because I've grown to know God on an entirely different level and I'm not saying that I wouldn't have another way but I'm saying that at least I know that I fought for my family I fought for the people that I love I gave it a fighting chance and that's not to say that God is ever wrong because he's always right. And he would have been right even if I didn't fight for them. Obviously, he's right. But still, you know, 
I still don't feel like this is not meant to happen. This was not meant to happen. So maybe I'll end up doing that anyways. I have to go through it regardless. I wouldn't have been able. I wouldn't have been able to avoid it, and I wouldn't have saved anybody. You know, possibly not even myself. But you know, I don't regret anything. Everything happens for a reason. I'm here for a reason. This this happened the way it was. It is happening and has was supposed to happen. I've learned so much in this process. Not that this information could possibly even help me in the future that I'm headed into. But I'm still glad I learned it. I'm glad I fought. I'm glad I stood up for the the things and the people that I love, even if they never come around. I'm glad that I did. That's who I am. And even if it's not who I was meant to be, you know, I don't regret it. I don't regret it. And maybe I was scared to walk outside of my underwear. But I wasn't more scared than losing my family. I wasn't more scared than, you know, not fighting for them and never knowing what I abandoned them for. And that may not be right. I may be wrong in that. Because when God tells you to trust him, him blindly, he never tells you that for him. He tells you that for you. To protect you and keep you from worse things happening. And now throughout this process, all these things that have happened to me, it could have possibly been avoided just by walking outside of my underwear. I probably would have just done it that I know. But I knew when I was asked to do something so random and crazy, you know, seemingly crazy and bold and humiliating that Something, whatever it is that I was facing in my future and going forward had to have been, you know, much more, much worse than that. So, and then I could have possibly ended up having to do it anyways, because oftentimes God has warned me throughout my life. If I tell you to do something, see what will happen is when you disobey me. You will have to go through an entire period of being tortured and tormented before disobeying me because I try to keep you from that. And then you'll end up having to do it anyways. You never avoid the work. You cannot cheat yourself or cut corners. You cannot cheat your way out of anything or cut corners. You're going to have to do it anyway. So oftentimes when we want to avoid certain things, what we do is we take a whole loop around just to end up right back at the same place and have to do it anyways. And that's what I feel that I'm going through and doing. But that being said, you know, I'll still continue to fight no matter how much I have to suffer. If they're not part of my future and it happens that way, then it just happens that way. But the chance of things happening differently is beautiful. And who's to say that the work that I've done won't work out, won't ultimately, you know, pan out? You know, the thing that the the thing about this is that I feel that I've impacted so many different people in this process and maybe it won't mean anything, but maybe it will mean everything. God called me here to revise these people. Maybe this was the process of it. I possibly could have avoided this, but would this assignment have been accomplished if it were meant to? Then, yeah. And maybe that's a testament to the fact that 
if I ultimately end up where I started and I have to go about it the way that I go on about it, having avoided this entire process that these people couldn't have even been revised. I think I fear that more than the humiliation of being on my own and leaving my family and losing everything that I ever knew. So I fear nothing more than God, though. And if he says that that's the right way to go, then obviously I know that I deserve everything that it comes with from not obeying it and not doing what I was supposed to be doing. So he says, I remind him of Solomon. It must have a lot to do with my disobedience. So that being said, you know, I've learned so much in this process. I've gone through so many different things and it's never for me. Everything is for everyone else, self-sacrificial, but it doesn't matter because God doesn't, you know, you're not doing anything from God for God. You're not moving him when, you know, you're bringing up all the things you do for someone else. That is, you know, a given. Like your parents say growing up, you don't get a reward for doing what you're supposed to do. And if you do, that's an extra added blessing. That being said, though. So many different things have been exposed in this process. The future that I saw that it says that I do this anyways is the future of someone who has also been exposed in this process. And I wonder if that's even my future. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. It kills me. It kills me because it's like... I just want that perfect, that perfect life. Where you don't have to suffer this much. You never never had to go through all of this. And you still get God. You still get that future. You still get everything he has for you. So God never changes. He's always the same. He's always right. He's perfect. He never makes a mistake. So we must be wrong. And that's just what it is. That's on my heart right now. Because I feel myself slipping. It's like all this for nothing. But you expect God to feel any kind of way about that. He doesn't. He told you. And I'm reminded, like, all the years he will warn me against the very sin I'm, I'm dealing with consequences for right now. Even though in this, in this process, he's exposed, you know, so many different blessings that I received for the things that I have done right. Not that I ever needed that confirmation. I trusted him. I believed him. That's why I did it. So it feels like everything I've been given is redundant. It's really empty anyways. But, you know, I wanted to go about it this way. I don't. I'm not supposed to be proud that I softened myself because I didn't have to. It could have been avoided. But, you know, I did everything I thought I was going to do. Well, something else that happened in this process is that my li- in my life, There were so many different opportunities to show up for these wrong things and these wrong reasons. For, you know, to expose what I had in me, the power that had been placed in me, the things that are, you know, a part of me, what I'm born to be. 
and to show up for the wrong reasons, but I didn't. And I was given an opportunity to show up for the right reasons, and I did. But did I ever need that opportunity? No, because I already knew if I was ever, if ever for the right reasons, I would show up. So I did, but also at the same time, it's empty. When someone gives you something you already knew you had, what is that? What is that? If I was, let's say you are tall, but I was just to come up to you and tell you you're tall, does that mean anything to you? Does it really matter or make you know much of a difference? You already know you're tall. So someone telling you you're tall, what does that really do for you? That's what it is, and that's what it feels like. So I see what God is doing here. That's the real wisdom. That's the real discernment in the process. But he will he will bless me. I will be blessed. I am already blessed. So we'll see how things work out.